Come now, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come and overrule and overwhelm. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would overrule and overwhelm these words that are spoken and these words that are heard, that they would be in accordance to the word of God, within the will of God, and for the glory of God. Come and use this, God's word, to change our hearts, our minds, our very lives, that we might know Jesus, bring him glory and honor. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 Please be seated. A few years ago, there was a uh, television commercial for this little bottle of juice-like substance that you would squirt into your water glass. It was a, a, a product called Mio, M-I-O. Anybody ever try that stuff? Somebody said yes. May God have mercy on you all. Well, the, th the thing that I thought was funny is that this commercial, uh, in that commercial, every time the particular actors uh, squirted some of the flavoring into their glass of water, the actor would change clothes. You know, the idea was that this little flavoring changes your water and it changes you. And then as the commercial continued, of course, the silliness of the commercial has to escalate to the point where the actors themselves are changed, replaced with different actors. And the tagline of the commercial was this, Mio, it changes everything. Am I the only one that's ever seen that commercial? <laughs> you all need to watch some better television shows. <laughs> I don't know what you all are watching, but I watch family-friendly stuff, and that's where they have commercials about fla water-flavoring Mio. I can't believe this. All right, well, that one fell really short. Yeah, very, thank you. Love being heckled. changes everything. There are, in, in movies and in books and television shows and commercials, there's these moments in time in each one of them that changes the plot, that changes the course of the rest of the movie or the book. Or you, know, you think about, uh, I don't know, Star Wars. I've made no, no, uh, no bones about the fact that I'm a Star Wars fan, and, and there's, a, there's a one particular movie that is the best Star Wars movie there is, and that is The Empire Strikes Back. But at the, yes, thank you. At the end of The Empire Strikes Back, there's one thing that changes the course of the rest of the movies, and it even casts light, a different light, on what everything came before it. This is a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen The Empire Strikes Back, there's a point where Darth Vader says to Luke Skywalker, I am your father, and that changes everything, right? All right, that one didn't work either. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, here we go. <laughs> Listen, getting married changes your life right? Graduating from college or from high school changes your life. Getting a new job changes your life. Having children changes your life. There are events in life, in our lives, that change everything that comes after and cast a new light on everything that has come before. And today we celebrate the single most impactful, the single most event that changes everything more than anything else in all of world history. And that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is something that is unusual. But it's also something that changes everything about those who believe. And whether you believe or not, changes everything about the world. German theologian Wolfhart Pannenberg once said, The evidence for Jesus' resurrection is so strong that nobody would question it except for two things. 
First, it is a very unusual event. And second, if you believe it happened, you have to change the way you live. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Now, in the next little while, I'm probably going to say a lot of words, some of which you will actually hear, and some of which you'll be wondering what's for lunch. (laughs) But as we go through this, as we look at Matthew chapter 28, 1 through uh, 10, I want us to keep this in mind. If you walk away from hearing this sermon, and what you come to understand is this, that the resurrection of Jesus changes everything because it makes believers alive, truly alive, and gives believers purpose for life, then I'm happy. As the 27th chapter of of St. Matthew's gospel closes, Jesus was dead, truly dead. We have to remember that the reality of Jesus dying really cannot rationally be disputed, especially as we consider who it was that did the killing. Jesus was executed by Roman soldiers. These are not clowns at a circus, and those are creepy enough. These are Roman soldiers. Men who knew death when they saw it. St. John adds some details to Jesus' crucifixion that Matthew doesn't include. In an effort to speed up the dying process, Roman soldiers went to break Jesus' legs, only to find him dead, already passed. And so they did the most sensible thing. They stabbed him. He's dead and declared dead by experts. Buried within a newly hewn tomb, a large stone rolled into its mouth, and a guard of soldiers was set. That's how chapter 27 ends. And praise God Almighty that there is a chapter 28 of St. Matthew's Gospel. As it begins, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Cosmic events and the coming of an angel, something so unusual. Just as Jesus' death was accompanied by signs in the cosmos, the sun was darkened, the earth shook, so Jesus' victory over death, his resurrection, was accompanied by signs in the cosmos. Matthew is careful to tell us the earth shook with the coming of an angel as he rolled away the stone and sat down upon it. And in an amazing detail, we see that those fierce Roman soldiers who were to protect the tomb They were nothing in the face of a single angel. And those those guards could pose no threat to Mary and Mary. And those guards couldn't keep Jesus in, and they couldn't keep Mary out because they passed out for fear of the angel. An unusual event, Mary and Mary being the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And while no one saw the resurrection itself, many saw the evidence for it, beginning with the empty tomb, which Mary and Mary saw, many saw, and then they saw Jesus himself. This unusual event, a man who they knew was dead within a matter of a few days, comes out of the tomb, is no longer there. The tomb is empty, and an angel sits on the rock. 
seated because all of the work had been done. Jesus had accomplished what he'd set out to do. The angel invites Mary to come and see, and then he charges them to go and tell. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Come and see this unusual event. Come and see this conquering of death by one who was truly dead but is now alive. Come and witness the evidence. Touch the stone. See the burial cloths. Come, see and believe. You should never allow the unusual nature of the resurrection of Jesus to be a mark against it in the credibility factor. We believe a whole lot of unusual things. Some people believe that we actually landed a spaceship on the moon. Right? That's pretty unusual. But people think it happened. Not Mitch Rawl. I can tell he's over there going, mm. Right? But it's, uh, but it's unusual, right? We, we think that just because something is unusual, it's hard to believe. Well, it is hard to believe, but it doesn't make it less true. The uh, unusual factor doesn't diminish the credibility, the veracity, the truth of the claim. And the reality is, Jesus was raised from the dead. And that changes everything. The gospel, wrote Michael Horton, is an announcement of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, God has made provision for sin and death. He has made forgiveness and life, true life, possible. In Jesus, God has promised that everything can be changed. And as we heard this morning, as Andre read Romans, a portion of Romans chapter 6, St. Paul declares that those who believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior are united to Jesus in both his death and his resurrection. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. As Paul goes on to write, through faith and by God's grace, sinful humanity can be united to Jesus in his death and just as certainly be united with Jesus in his resurrection. You see, it's by God's grace and through trust in Jesus, our former selves are dead, killed, just as dead as Jesus was as he cried out, it is finished. And being dead to sin... Those who believe in Jesus are now set free from sin, freed from sin, freed from death, now assured of life in him and eternal life with him. And that is a fact that changes everything. And Paul puts it very simply in Romans chapter 6, verse 8. If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. That changes everything. In his resurrection, Jesus received vindication from God. In a sense, the resurrection of Jesus was, and it remains, uh, God the Father's stamp of approval upon Jesus' life and death. And through this most spectacular miracle ever, Jesus is proclaimed victor and conqueror and is set to rule from the right hand of God. Death no longer has dominion over Jesus. He defanged it. 
And through Jesus, death no longer has dominion over those who believe in him. And so as Paul writes, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That changes everything. Humans enslaved to sin and natural born sinners because of Jesus' death can now be dead to the very thing that is killing them. And because of Jesus' resurrection, alive to the only thing that can give life, which is God himself. And this is why the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ are good news, because Jesus, through them, changes everything. He brings the dead to life. This unusual event changes who we are, who we can be, and our approach to God the Creator. It changes everything. He changes everything, even the way those who believe are called to live, and it gives purpose, meaning, mission. After Mary and Mary saw that Jesus' body was indeed gone, they went to tell the disciples of this most unusual event, and on their way, they encountered Jesus himself. If you have your Bible open to Matthew 28, I'm at verse 9. Behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. They worshipped him. Christ becomes this object of worship that then gives Mary and Mary a mission, go and tell. And these are words that Mary and Mary heard on the day of Jesus' resurrection. And in a very few verses, these are essentially the same words that Jesus will tell his disciples. Matthew's gospel closes with these words from the lips of the crucified and risen Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The angel said to Mary and Mary, come and see, go and tell. Jesus says to Mary and Mary, see me, now go and tell. And as he prepares to ascend into heaven, Jesus tells his disciples, go and tell. Tell all you encounter, declare it plainly and announce the good news. Jesus is alive. And we have to notice, we have to notice this. There is a true sense of urgency that runs throughout this passage of Matthew 28. The angel said, after you have seen, go quickly and tell his disciples. He tells Mary and Mary, don't wait on it. Don't hold it to yourself. Don't create a little holy huddle outside of the tomb and establish a shrine to a, an empty tomb and a risen Lord. No, very quickly go and tell. The proclamation of Jesus crucified and risen is proclamation of the gospel, and the gospel is urgent business. And the mission to go and tell requires a sense of urgency. In Jesus' authority, in the power of the Holy Spirit, for the glory of God and the building of his kingdom, go and tell. In those few verses at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus lays out the mission and the purpose for his individual disciples, and he lays out the mission and the purpose for his body, the church. 
The resurrected Jesus changes everything. He makes the dead alive, and he gives the newly alive mission and purpose. Essentially this, go and tell. Having seen the resurrected Jesus, everything is changed. Sin is forgiven. Death is conquered. New and true life is given. Having seen the resurrected Jesus, everything is changed. New life, new purpose. Go, tell, baptize, teach, make disciples. In the past few months, Emmanuel Anglican Church's vestry, elders, and rector have been intentionally asking what Jesus would have this local bit of his body to be and do. If all believers and all churches have this mission, come and see, go and tell, how is it to be expressed for us locally? We believe that Emmanuel is called to be a church glorifying God by blessing people with gospel ministries that they may believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior and join us in building his kingdom. We believe God is calling us to be a come and see, go and tell kind of people with urgency. In the coming weeks and months, we're going to continue to seek clarity from God and from the Lord and guidance as to what it means to glorify God by blessing people with gospel ministries that they may believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior and join us in building his kingdom. What does that look like with skin on, so to speak? What does that look like in practice? And I invite you to join us in prayer. Join us in service and in ministry. Join us in proclaiming the crucified and resurrected Jesus because he is the only one who changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus makes believers alive and gives purpose, purpose of mission. And I think that most of us want to be involved in something greater than ourselves, embarking upon a mission larger than ourselves for the glory of God's kingdom. Jesus changes everything, folks. He makes the dead alive. He gives mission and he gives purpose. He calls us to come and see. He calls us to go and tell. Jesus changes everything. I've said this to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy and gracious God.